This is episode number 50 with hitting instructor John Peabody. Crazy to think it's already been 50 episodes. I appreciate everyone so much who, who have tuned in and listened. I cannot wait for the next 50. On this particular episode, we have someone who I've, look up, I've looked up to in the baseball industry. Uh, John is someone who knows a ton about hitting. He has studied and spent countless hours looking at the swing. Um, he's also an ambassador for Blast Motion, which is, which is a bat sensor. Uh, we get into why Blast Motion is such a good tool for players to use in this episode. And I also want to let you guys know I really appreciate everyone who has gone out over to iTunes and left a review. If you haven't done that, I would greatly, greatly appreciate if you would do that. It helps a ton. And I really hope you guys enjoy today's episode. So here is John Peabody. Welcome to Patrick Jones Baseball. My name is Patrick Jones, former professional baseball player and host of this podcast. My day job is a podcaster and my night job is a baseball instructor. Please email me at jonesbaseballtraining at gmail.com if you're interested in getting hitting lessons from me. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and let's get to work. We now have on John Peabody, founder of Peabody Baseball. John, really appreciate you coming on today. Oh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So if you could tell or a little bit of the viewers your background in baseball, I guess just growing up playing it, um, could you just spend a few minutes and just give everyone a little bit of your history in baseball? Uh, yeah, I have a, usually a history that I wouldn't talk about because um, – because it's, it's so long ago and I was so young, but the fact that I work with young kids, um, you know, makes it a little bit more relevant, I think. Um, so 12U, I was, you know, the best player in the country from Baseball America, um, you know, Sports Illustrated, you know, all that kind of Johnny Little League type type stuff. Um, so I was, I was kind of that at 12, um, played varsity baseball as a freshman at Ranchboro High School on the number one team in the country. Um, you know, did the travel ball and all that stuff, uh, committed to play baseball at San Diego state for Tony Gwynn, um, got drafted out of high school. So I just signed out of high school, um, with the Pittsburgh pirates, um, played four years of pro ball. Um, you know, we can get into kind of the road of pro ball and, and kind of what happened and stuff like that. Um, played pro ball for about four years, ended up, uh, basically getting released by the time I was 22. Um, and after that, just kind of looking for a way to help kids and um, just make the game better um, in many aspects uh, to, to help long gate, to help, to help young kids um, get better, to help older kids stay in the game longer. Um, and, you know, it's, it's kind of developed more into, you know, obviously the mechanic side of things and stuff like that, but obviously the, you know, the backbone of it is, is getting the most out of the players that I work with. What kind of problems do you see um, regularly from younger players? I guess that would be high school players as well. Uh, younger players. I would say a lot of what I get paid, what I charge guys to do is to, to almost erase the things that they've, been taught in the past by by private hitting coaches by uh by travel ball coaches um so a lot of it is kind of loosening guys up freeing guys um teaching them one of the absolutes um as far as 
uh, swing um, loading in sequence. Um, a lot of guys are kind of stiff and afraid of movement. Um, one, because it's you guys just don't they don't practice enough to um, you know as a hitter we don't have the baseball so timing the timing the pitch timing the um, the pitcher um, like I said I think sometimes gets so simplified and um, guys lose lose a lot of rhythm they lose a lot of flow um, thus you know lose bat speed and power and what does loading se- what does loading in sequence mean that's a great question. Um, the the main thing with, with, with loading in sequence for me is I want my hitters essentially separating their shoulders and their hips right as their foot strikes. Um, you know, some guys call it their hands are going back as their foot is touching the ground, I guess might be the, the visual that most people would kind of understand when I say that. Um, you know, so when you look at a sequence, obviously it's, it's an order of some, the way something is built. And when you watch uh, hitters load, a lot of them, as soon as they pick their foot up, they load their hands to the position that they want to swing, that they want to start their hands from in their in their actual swing when their foot touches the ground. In my opinion, the, from from what I've seen um, and from what I've gathered with the guys that I that I've trained, um, when your hands are going back as that foot is touching the ground, that's when you're in the most dynamic hitting position, it allows you to unload sequentially. And what I mean by that is to really have the, the back hip, the lower back essentially um, lead the swing instead of the hands. So again, as my hand, if my hands are going back as my heel is touching the ground, um, that to me is, is, is loading sequentially. How you, how do you get to that point? I don't care. Um, if you watch an Anthony Rizzo, his hands start down low and his hands might be the first thing that start to move but his hands are still moving as his heel is touching the ground. Um, if you look at an Albert Pujols, because his hands are, are start so high or at close to his hitting position, you know, his hands are one of the last things to move. Um, but they are moving back as his heel is coming towards the ground, just like Rizzo's is. So both of them load sequentially. They do it differently. They do it on different scales, but they load sequentially. And that's kind of, the way I, I want my guys to understand is we can do it big, we can do it small, but we have to do it. Are the hands just loading, just going straight back, or is it backing up? Um, it, again, it depends on where you're coming from, right? If you're Anthony Rizzo, they're coming, they're coming up. If you're Mike Trout, they're coming down. Um, to me, when when you talk about your hands going back, I think that's another thing that gets kind of gray. Um, the definition of back, I don't know if most, if people really know what the definition of back is. My definition of back is when I want my hands going is I don't want my hands going towards the catcher. And I think that's a big, that's a big, that's kind of the big idea of going back with your hands is towards that direction of the catcher, which to me is if I'm a right-handed hitter, that's going to my right side. Um, To me, if I want my hands to go back, they're going to go towards where my back is. They're going to go back. Um, so that's where it becomes more, you know, it's a hand, you know, some people are anti hand load. Um, essentially again, I'm, I'm, I'm not, a, I, I, I'm 
I'm not a kinesiologist in the sense that I don't, you know, I, I, I haven't sat there for four years and studied the body. Um, but there's, there's a shoulder loading aspect to that. As I get ready to deliver my hands, my shoulder is, is loading back as if I was to throw a baseball, throw a punch. Um, not necessarily going back towards the catcher, but like I said, more lo- loading back towards my back. No, that, that makes sense. And then, so essentially you want to feel your, your back scap load too as well. Is that correct? Uh, yes. And again, I think that's something over Twitter that has gotten really over-exaggerated. Um, as much as you want your back, you know, you want to feel that scapula load. A lot of people talk about creating tension and, you know, if you put yourself in the most tension, like the spot where you have the most tension, I don't necessarily agree that it's necessarily the quickest. Um, I think that obviously your muscles need to be fusing and there is some tension there. I understand that. Um, I, you know, I use the word tension, but I, I, I make sure I'm very clear with what I mean with that when I'm with my hitters. Um, you know, like I said, fusing that back shoulder compared to locking it and having so much tension that to where all I can do is really kind of spin off the baseball with that shoulder are, are to me are two different things. So like I said, you want that, sh- that shoulder loading and that shoulder fusing, creating as much tension as possible. I would be, I would be kind of on the, on, on the line about. Okay. Okay. Um, let's a little talk a little about, you know, you talk, you brought up, you know, tw- hitting on Twitter. Um, some guys say, like, I know Donaldson's a big one, you know, he doesn't think about his hands. When you're working with players, do you tell them the same thing or something different? No, it's it's very for the most part. I would say that I would I teach most of my hitters, you know, to kind of take the arms out of your swing and to not think about your hands. Um, definitely, um, but there's again, there's something to be said about I'm not really so I'm not really so worried about what I say uh, opposed to what the hitters do. Um, you know, I don't care if my hitter thinks about using his hands if he doesn't use his hand, if he doesn't overuse his hands. You know, to me, that's not a. You know, I don't care what how you think. I don't. I don't care if a hitter tells himself to swing down on the baseball as long as he's not swinging down on the baseball. You know, there's not a right or wrong way of thinking. There's a right or wrong way of hitting, and swinging. And if your thoughts create the right way, the the right swing, then your thoughts are correct. Um, now, obviously, some thoughts probably lead to a better swing more so than other thoughts. Um, but I'm not going to say that I tell everybody the same stuff or tell all my hitters to take their, their arms out of the swing. But I definitely, I definitely take, I definitely, uh, suggest that to most of my guys, it's really about relaxing. It's really about being loose. Um, if you listen to that Donaldson clip that was kind of made famous a couple of years ago where he told the kids to not, uh, you know, if you have a coach that tells you to swing down on the baseball, just tell them no. Um, that kind of became the hot you know, the hot 10 seconds of that, of that five minute um, interview before that, he, he, he really over-exaggerated how relaxed and how loose and how, how limp he tries to go with his upper half. And to me, relaxing and being loose is, is, is the most important thing because it helps you load sequentially. Um, whether I have a big load like Donaldson or I have a smaller load like Pujols being loose and relaxed at the shoulders and the hands and the upper half, um, is, is a huge part of that. So I can load sequentially. So my lower back can, can really lead my arms or, and lead my hands. Um, like we're talking about. What do you think about, um, kids having leg kicks? 
Um, I, I, I encourage it. I, again, again, I don't care. Um, I think, I think number one, they have to understand that just because you have a leg kick doesn't mean you're going to hit the ball the hardest. There are kids that I've taken leg kicks out of because they've thought that, you know, they, they, you know, they watch Twitter and they see guys like Josh Donaldson and, and Bryce Harper who have rather big leg kicks and they, and they try to be those guys. But again, you know, I could take I could take those guys who end up having big movements and 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 jumping and don't have control of their weight and and shrink those guys again maintain the the sequential load but get them more connected thus you know make them better hitters. Um, but as I, I really do like it for young hitters especially because it teaches them to learn how to time the pitch. It teaches them. You know, to not be afraid of movement, it teaches you to kind of be uncomfortable being uncomfortable. And obviously, if you do it at a young age, it's not uncomfortable. And that's my point. A lot of young hitters, if you teach them the leg kick, the big reason why it's hard to do is because it's, you know, quote unquote, uncomfortable because they've never done it. Um, or, and, and plain and simple, they're just not they're not comfortable timing the the swing with their body or the ball with their body. Um, they're so used to kind of putting their foot down and timing the swing with their hands and their eyes. Um, which is very hard to do. That's why cars have brake lights and we can get into that. But um, the leg kick really, like you said, develops that ability to have to learn how to, how to time the pitch instead of, uh, you know, with your body almost in a, in a more aggressive way, as far as I'm concerned, um, opposed to just kind of putting your foot down, and like you said, flipping your hands at the baseball. So essentially in like, in really simpler terms, you know, we take the leg kick out of it. You want your lower half all the way, going on the back on your back leg is that correct when you're loading yeah we want to load into like i said that back that that lower back that back that 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 pelvis the lower back the back hip um you know loading into your back heel um is a big part of it um you know part of the one of the big coaching flaws in baseball i think is especially hitting um is is the balls of the feet um everyone thinks that you do everything in baseball and the balls of your feet and to me I know a lot of things that you do you may finish on the balls of your feet um, but the the initiation of that movement a lot of the time starts from the heels um, you know squatting is probably the best example I can give you where you have a massive amount of weight on your back you're trying to maintain your spine just like you do when you hit um, you're trying to use your legs and you're trying to kind of use use it as explosively and as much as you possibly can. Um, you know, when you're, when you're at the, when you're sitting with, with however amount of weight you have on your shoulders doing a squat before you go up, you know, your, your, your heels, your weight is in your heels. Um, if you were on the balls of your feet, you would only be using your calves to, to try to, to try to lift that weight with your legs. You wouldn't be able to use the rest of the, the muscles in your legs. Um, not only that, if you were on the toes, the balls of your feet, you'd also have a hard time keeping that weight on your back because your, 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 your lower back and your spine just wouldn't be in a position where it could, it, it would be able to maintain itself and, and, and hold that weight. You'd end up kind of, that weight would end up coming off your shoulders. So, um, you get into your heels accidentally to use, and, and because you're in your heels, you drive up with the big muscles and then you end up on the balls of your feet. But, um, so that's to me is a very good example of, you know, for me to, for me as a hitter, for me to use the big muscles, I need to keep that, that lower, um, that back, 
the back heel anchored in the ground, and at least in the beginning of my swing. Some hitters, you know, can keep it in the ground longer, but I want to I want to get my back heel in the ground. I want if I'm a right-handed hitter, I want my right I want my back pocket to almost turn towards the pitcher a little bit, right? Um, you know, we'll call that a kind of a, a coil. Um, I'll put a T behind my right-handed hitter's back pocket. And I'll tell them I want them to hit that T, you know, with their load, with their, um, like you said, with that back pocket. So it'll get them to to have that left side um, get underneath kind of the center line of their body before they go forward and will stop them from just picking up their foot and jumping towards the pitcher. That makes any sense? No, that, that it definitely does, and and I actually saw you post something on Twitter where I think it was a, a gather drill where you dropped a ball uh, from up top. You had a player um, um, go back, and you dropped it from up top. Uh, could you explain that drill? There's so yeah, there's so many different variations of that. I really I stole that drill from. It's kind of a drill that it's a I call it the Joe Mauer drill for for certain guys. Um, from what I've heard back in the day, there was that little contraption that you put like 10 balls in and it would drop. And um, from what I heard, that was Joe Maurer's dad, you know, kind of built him that when he was young, um, grew up in Minnesota, wasn't out on baseball fields all the time. Um, so needed to hit in his garage and, and wanted to hit something that was moving. So his dad built a contraption that, like I said, held the ball, you know, seven feet in the air and it would drop it and he would have to, and he just hit a ball into his net. Um you know, efficient way of kind of simulating a short amount of time to get your barrel from essentially your head, you know, to the ball, um, just like you would do in a game. Um, so that's, that's a big reason why we do it is it's, it's a simple, it's, it's a simple way of creating, you know, high, uh, a high velocity incoming pitch. Um, as far as kind of how the drill works, um, there's a bunch of different versions of it. Obviously, you can make it easier by holding your hand higher. You can make it uh, harder by holding your hand lower. You know, you can count it down. Um, most of the time when I do it, I just drop it. Um, you know, I don't want, you know, that's kind of the harder part. That's the harder way of doing it. Like I said, you can do a three, two, one and kind of simulate, you know, an arm coming, you know, a delivery, which a, hit, a hitter does have in the game. Um but again, I want that sometimes when I want them to learn to react, I'll just drop the ball at a certain time. Um, with that drill in particular, I have guys kind of really make sure that they, that they, that they get balanced and they get into that the top of their, their, their load and the top of that gather under control. And then from there I drop the ball and really they don't have, they don't, they don't really have time to jump on their front side or anything like that. Really the only thing they have time to do is, is, is keep that weight in that backside and, and, and put the, put their left foot down with their right hip. Um, again, I talk a lot about, about picking up the left foot. If I'm a right-handed hitter with my right hip and putting it down, um, with my right hip, you know, I'm really not thinking about the left side of my body, um, at all. Um, so like you said, from there, the, the, the hitter just kind of sees the ball, you know, he, he initiates his swing by putting his, by, by start, by getting his hip, to the baseball, which puts his foot down, and then, you know, it kind of goes from there. So, um, like I said, you can do that with a hitter already having his foot down, um, and then you can do that drill having the hitter with his foot up. So there's different versions of kind of making that drill a little easier, harder, depending on where the hitter's at, how old the hitter is, X, Y, Z. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to steal that drill from you. I, I do like I do like that drill. Um, well, I want to talk about making contact – 
out in front of the plate versus, you know, right on the plate because I've, I've always heard, you know, make contact out in front, but I've also read some things lately. Well, if, you know, your barrel gets deep enough in the zone, you know, you don't have to make contact out in front. Um, you have to make contact out in front for optimal, um, for optimal results. And now the definition of out in front, again, that's the thing is a lot of these things that we talk about in baseball are, their words and there's truth to a lot of them, but they, there's no like real definition to it. So it's kind of like no one really knows if it's right, wrong, or what it really means, I guess. Um, so we don't know if it's right or wrong. If we don't know what it means. Um, in my opinion, you, 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 to, to, to hit the ball, you know, optimally you need it. You need to catch it out in front again. What is out in front? Um, I would say anywhere from the hitter's, front foot of, of, of the heel of their front foot maybe a little bit further in than that a little bit close maybe and then you know towards the pitcher um we want to create a, a a a bat path and a swing that can hit the ball a little bit deeper than that because we need to create because hitting is timing and i need to in my opinion set up a swing where i can be good when I'm on time, obviously I can be the best when I'm on time, but I can also, if I can be good when I'm bad and that means being in the zone early, um, which allows me to be late. Um, then I will also, you know, it's going to allow me to, to get my cheap hits and not just have to, like I said, have to be perfect all the time. But like I said, you, you want to be in the zone early, um, which will allow you to hit the ball deeper, um, when you need to, but in my opinion would also keep you in the lane to kind of hit the ball out in front a little bit better as well. Um, when guys kind of get to the ball late, it doesn't seem like they really stay on the ball that long. So they're out of the they're out of the zone early. The guys that are on the, in the zone early stay in the in the zone late, um, and that's for you know because the way you did the way the way the plane that you create and, and the angles that you're creating it just it just naturally kind of stays on the ball a little bit longer. Um, so for me, like I said, I want guys getting on plane early and, and getting, uh, getting the bat in the zone early, but at the same time, like I said, I want them to hit the ball off their front foot and then kind of going from there. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, again, a lot of coaching to me is backwards sometimes with baseball because you hear a lot of hit the fastball out in front, but to hit the curveball deep. And to me, when you're, you're trying to hit a, a faster speed out in front, and then a lot of the times those same coaches want you to hit that fastball to right field. And then they want you to hit the curveball, which is slower, you know, deeper in the zone. And they want you hitting that to right field too. So, um, so you need to, you know, for me, like I said, you want, we want to be as good at hitting both pitches essentially off the front foot as possible. But if I get beat deep, I want to get beat deep with a fastball on one swing and I can, and I can, you know, hit that ball, drive that ball to center field, right, right center field. If I'm, um, if I'm right-handed hitter and now on the same swing, I can hit a curve ball out in front and hit that ball down the left field line or down over the left over to left center field. And to me, you know, physically physics, that makes way more sense. Get on plane early to hit the fastball on time. If I get beat with a fastball, I drive the fastball to right field, get on plane early to hit the, to hit, XYZ, and if I'm early, if they throw the curveball, I'm early. I stay on plane. I stay on that pitch, 
and I hit that ball to left field. Um, and to me, I don't. I, it's, it's, I hear a lot of the opposite of that. You brought up a really good point when you're talking about being on plane, and that kind of um, takes me back to what we were talking about earlier of, of kids who are, are real, you know, static and stiff, and it's almost impossible to be on plane for very long when you don't have a lot of movement or, or gather uh, back. And I see a lot of kids because I coach a, a high school team, very, very stiff and. And I get it, you know, in the games, they're, you know, maybe nervous or excited and, um, they, you know, they don't want to move back or anything um, or be athletic. Um, have you – how do you get kids to be athletic? So – because that, for me, at least from what I, I believe, that that – if you're athletic and you're not stiff, you, you can be on plane longer versus if you're just stiff. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's – so for me with my hitters, it's, it's, it's a little bit difficult as I felt as a high school coach, because, you know, you're dealing with a lot of these kids during the season and anytime you have three games a week and it's just, you know, you either had a good day. So it's, it's the day before. So it's like, all right, well, I just had a really good day. I'm not going to, you know, do, you know, I'm not going to sit here and try to reinvent my swing or it's like, I had a really bad day, but I only have one day of practice and I got a game tomorrow. So it's like, how much change am I really going to make? you know, in, you know, in today's practice and, and be ready to hit tomorrow. If, if it's something, ex, you know, really extreme as far as kind of the things that you're talking about. Um, so that, that gets difficult. Um, me as a private coach, you know, it's a little bit easier because, you know, for me, I just, I, I, I the first thing that I do as a private coach is, you know, we, I do an active warm up, which, which really isn't enough. Um, you know, to me, if you're if if you're not able to to load sequentially, part of that starts with kind of the the training that we talked about earlier with being a young kid, never never ever having any type of leg kick or movement at all. And now you're older, trying any type of movement or leg kick at all is is, is impossible to do because you just you've never done it. Um, but at the end of the day, those, those guys that we watch on TV are are some of the best athletes in the world. And they are very athletic. Prince Fielder, um, yes, may not look like he's very athletic, is very athletic. Probably do a backflip. Um, he's that type of athletic dude. So um, people don't realize how highly functioning these, you know, these 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 baseball players' bodies are, their hips in particular. Um, so that's number one: is you have to develop the body to be able to move like that, to move like that. You just, it's easy for a coach to sit here and say, Hey, you know, you're, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. This is what you should do. Um, but if that hitter's physically not able to do that, you know, what are you, you know, what are you talking about? And even there are a lot of drills or baseball is getting better with drills because, you know, deep training and, and, and muscle development and certain drills is starting to be more, um, more, more relevant, which is a very good thing. Um, but body development is really the, the thing that has to happen. Um, you know, measuring guys' bodies, um, measuring their, their, their muscle mass and measuring their, their, um, their flexibility, um, their hip rotation, internal, external, all that stuff that, that guys that are smarter than me talk about and measure and then developing those things saying this is my weakness in my hips these are the things that i need to do to strengthen them and to stretch them out so i can have shoulder and hip separation in my swing you know if you if it, 
we can talk about it all we want, like I said, but if you can't physically do it, we're just going to be talking about it. So with my hitters, we do an active warm-up for about five to, to ten minutes um, before every single lesson. It stops us from taking 20 crappy swings and wasting wasting the first 20, 30 minutes or 20 swings of, of our lesson. Um, and like I said, we're, 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 we're stretching out, we're get we're, we're working out our hips. Um, it's good for the lesson. Is it enough for the hitter to really develop his body? No, because he's doing it for five to seven minutes. It's enough to give him ideas for things to do outside of the lesson. Um, you know, if he's a serious guy about doing those things then I, you know, you know, he can do that outside the things that we're doing outside and, and gain, um, and gain from it. But if he's just doing it for the five to 10 minutes that we're doing it that, that week, then it's just helping us out for that lesson. So you need to develop the body before you develop, before you can really develop certain swing mechanics or, um, you know, parts of the swing where guys have a hard time doing because their bodies kind of stop them. Yeah. I see that too, where some kids just come in and, and you can tell that they're, they're only, working uh one day a week when they see you or two days a week and that's just it's not enough what do you do with kids who have a problem with pulling out i see that a lot with younger kids uh they're always pulling out i don't know if it's because they're scared of the ball or or what but what 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 would you recommend for someone like that um usually again it's it's hard to kind of come up with these ideas and because again i i'm i'm a big believer that there's i can give you a couple reasons why guys pull out um, the general reason is, is it tends to see that the, the, that guys, whether it's because they don't load sequentially, but for whatever reason, whether because they're scared of the ball, like, you know, there's, there's a, there's, there could be different reasons, but it seems to be that those guys get a little too heavy on their, on the, on the front side of their body, the left side of their body, the shoulder, um, the left hip, the left knee. Um, kind of lead lead the swing, and now everything is kind of pulling off the baseball. Um, like I said, loading sequentially as far as making sure that weight is back because I've loaded sequentially, making sure that my shoulder is closed because I've loaded sequentially. Um, you know, not being afraid of the ball because my you know whatever the case may be. Um, and and now I'm in a position where again I don't my body doesn't want to pull off the baseball at first. I put my body in a position to where the backside has to trigger first, not the, you know, again, if I'm a right-handed hitter, but the right side of my body has to, has to trigger my swing, not the left side of my body. You know, you throw, if I'm a right-handed thrower, I throw the ball with the right side, I hit the ball. Um, I throw the ball with the right side of my body. And if I'm a hitter, I swing with the right side of my body. We hear a lot about uh, guys who have like a pushy swing or a, a steep swing. Um, what do those terms mean? For me, pushy and steep. Um, pushy means that your hands are leading your swing. So kind of those things that we just talked about as far as the backside, the lower back triggering the swing. Um, pushy, you'll see that means the hands kind of go first. They go ahead of the hips. And, you know, it's that hands to the ball kind of mentality that kind of usually leads to that um what was the other thing we were talking about pushy and what uh steep steep so steep again steep just meaning you're going from top you know down right you're swinging down on the baseball um in my you know we talk about attack angles um 
So when your attack angle is steep, again, that means your attack angle is, is negative, which means you're swinging down. Um, you know, in, in Major League Baseball, the average the average incoming pitch is, is, is a minus is a minus six degree angle, right? So that means as a hitter, for me to swing on plane with that pitch, I need to swing on a on a plus on at least a plus six degree angle, right? So if if I'm not swinging on that plus six and say I'm swinging on a minus six, you know, that's going to be a pretty steep swing from top going down rather than kind of going from the catcher's glove to the ball. Uh, again, that's kind of a hard thing for certain coaches to understand. But again, we talk about getting that, getting, getting the, getting the barrel kind of in the catcher's glove to a certain extent based on the fact that where's the ball going at the catcher's glove. So if my barrel starts in the catcher's glove and then works to the ball, if my timing is off, okay, my timing is off, but I'm giving myself a chance to hit the baseball because my barrel is in the same path that the ball is going to the catcher's glove. So um, you'll see on steep swings, the barrel is going to stay above the hand. Again, another cue I hear a lot, um, the barrel is going to stay above the hand way too long. Um, again, obviously I'm a believer that the barrel stays above the hand to a certain degree in the swing, but in a, in a pushy and a steep swing, the hands are above the ball really, really long. And then, like I said, that barrel intersects with the incoming pitch. And then the hitter starts clipping baseball straight up and straight down. And, um, yeah, there's no bat speed there because again, you're pushing and you're, you're, you're kind of using your hands instead of your body. And there's a bunch. Yeah. You brought up a, a coaches who might not understand that. I know you're, you, uh, you do some work with blast motion. Is that correct? Yeah, I am. Uh, I am a hitting ambassador for Blast Motion. So I, I kind of I do some stuff with Blast Motion too. I have their sensor and things like that. Um, could you kind of take us through as to why that's so valuable for players to use? Oh, yeah, it's very valuable. One, it, it gives you just kind of a track where it, for me, I, I I I use it for multiple things. It gives me just kind of a. It lets me know who certain guys are. So when we first start doing lessons, it's like, okay, I, you know, I haven't said a word to you. Let's just let's get the sensor on there. Let's see what direction your barrel is going in. Let's see how fast your barrel is. Um, let's get you on video because the video for the blast motion um, sensor in the app is is very good. Um, you know, you know, there's other there's other metrics in there as far as like hand speed and stuff like that. But you know, the bat speed, the attack angle the on-plane percentage um, are really kind of the three main um, metrics that I look at with that sensor. And and then, like I said, from there, depending on what I see, um, will really determine what I do or what, what, what changes we make with the hitter. Um, you know, the numbers, the bat speed, the attack angle, all those numbers are just going to they're just going to be another thing other than what, what, what the hitter is feeling, other than what the hitter is seeing on the video other than what the, the hitter is seeing the ball do off the bat differently, those metrics are just another thing to tell the hitter that whatever that thing that you tried to do is, is, is changing your swing or it's not changing your swing. You know, it's not a lot of people t- talk about how, um, you know, you shouldn't use them because, you know, it's, it's, it's not a way to, it's something you, you shouldn't design your swing after. And, and they're right. You shouldn't design your swing, what you're using, you know, off of the sensor. But the sensor is going to tell you that whatever, whatever you're trying to do, 
whether that information is coming from a hitting coach, whether that information is coming from your, your baseball coach, whether it's coming from, you know, the hall of famer that you listen to talk about hitting on YouTube. And then you go to try to, you go try those things. The sensor is going to tell you what, what those things that you're trying to do are, are doing to your swing. And that's, and that's it. And so will like I said, so will the ball flight, so will the sound of the bat, so will, so will the video of the swing, all those things are going to tell you what the ball is doing or what those changes are doing. The sensor is just another one of them. Um, it's a great way to gauge or uh, to, to track your, your progress. Um, again, I use it with my hitters from less than one. And, you know, in, in a month, we can see, you know, the differences in the swing. Like I said, not just the numbers, but the video. You know, in in a year, we can look at the differences in the swing. You know, I have I have I have high school kids that have come to me, and they go to they come back in December. So I don't see, you know, they graduate high school. You know, some of them leave for summer, but you know, they're on kind of a, a hitting program. Say their their bat before they go to college, their bat speed is seventy eight miles an hour or seventy five miles an hour. And then they come back from college and some of them are up to 82 and, and other ones are up to, are down to, to 67. Well, if you ask those guys that are up, Hey man, you know, what have you been doing for the last three months at school? Oh, you know, they got me on heavy bats. They got me doing this. You ask the guy who's, who's, um, whose who's bat speed's gone down. Like, Hey dude, what do they got you doing at your school? Oh, they gave me a 30 inch bat and they got me choking up and they want me hitting the ball the right field. And it's like, Oh, okay. So again, um, it's just a great way to kind of, to, to, to get a base of where a hitter's at and to kind of every now and then put it on, see where the, see what the, see what the numbers say and see what's happening. I had a, I had a dad, uh, the other day asked me what, you know, what he could do with his kid, um, kind of at home to help relearn his swing. He's kind of got a swing that's going straight down to the ball, negative angle. Um, I told him that PVC pipes would be a good way to help relearn, um, his, um, optimal, um, uh, bat angle. Is that, would that be a correct way to, to say that? Yeah, I mean, it depends on what you're doing with the PVC pipes. Um, I don't do too much PVC stuff. Um, I I really don't. Um, I think I think just obviously I, I I have a bunch of drills I could sit here and tell you that will help you with your attack angle. Um, but no matter what you're doing in those drills, you making sure that that ball is coming off your bat on a line on, on a line is going to be the most important thing. Um, I'm trying to look and see at some of my drills, what I could, what I could pull up and show you or talk to you about as far as the attack angle. But some, like I said, when it comes to the attack angle, that's, that's the, the biggest thing is almost the intent, right? The reason why that hitter swing is so steep is because at the end of the day, whether it's, whether it's dad or some coach told him that he needs to stop popping up. It, it happens all the time. His intent at some point became to not hit the ball or if, if it wasn't to not hit the ball in the air, it was to miss on the ground. And whenever you're afraid to, to hit the ball in the air, you're going to start, you're going to start chopping down. Um, so you're, so, so a lot of, a lot of those things become intent. Um, there's a bunch of drills. Like you said, I'm trying to, I have all my drills. Um, and I suggest to all you coaches that, you know, that, that coach, um, hitting in particular, obviously, uh, take your drills and, and, and kind of 
put them on paper and, and categorize them. You know, I have mine in body rotation, uh, you know, sequencing drills, bat speed drills, attack angle drills. So if I have a hitter with a certain with a certain hole in his swing or a certain hole in, in his mechanics, you know, we can kind of go to that that set list and go, all right, let's try these, you know, these two drills or whatever. Um, so for attack angle, let's see some of the drills that I'll do with my attack angle. And you also have a bunch uh, so of different you... stuff on your uh, website, peabodybaseball.com, for those who uh, who want to follow, follow you. And you got, you know, different drills on there as well. Um, I, I'm pulling you up right now. And there's a ton of really good stuff on here. Yeah, so we have like those – I have hit sticks that guys try to swing under. Um, so if you've seen those things at like 13 – like if you go to a travel ball coach, you'll see a baseball on a stick and a, coach, and a guy holding it on his hand. I'll put, I'll set up a tee and I'll put that above the baseball, but behind the tee. So the hitter has to be underneath that object before he hits the baseball. And that will automatically take someone who's swinging down at that point and get them to have to be swinging up through the baseball at that point. Um, you know, there's high tee work that I do with my hitters to obviously make sure that the hands are staying high. So the barrel is getting underneath the hands. Um, there's fungo toss up in front where I just I just have a which is kind of a lost art for a lot of hitters where they just throw the ball up with their left hand and try to hit a try to hit a fly ball to the center fielder. So a lot of a lot of a lot of the bat pass stuff to me, you know, gets almost overworked, especially on Twitter where you're seeing guys doing things where it's just like, you know, I I, I understand that the the thought of it is is there, but does that drill actually change a hitter's movements? You know, I'm not saying that the drill comes from a bad place, but does that drill actually change a hitter's movements? And that's up for the coach to, um, you know, the coach and the player to kind of decide. So those are kind of my main drills. I do a drill where I have a, like a medicine ball or um, like, an, a ten, uh, like a basketball and just have a hitter hold it and then try to throw it 10 feet in the air. And that will get the that will get the left arm out of the way. So um, when you talk about guys swinging on plane, a lot of the times the, the left elbow, and if I'm a right-handed hitter, my elbow stays really close to my torso. And if my elbow stays really close to my torso and doesn't kind of get up underneath my chin, kind of almost in a choke position, then I'm never going to, I'm never going to swing. You're really going to have a hard time swinging level. You're never going to swing up on a ball that's kind of belt high or, or, or above that. Um, so creating drills that where the elbow kind of gets away from the, the belly button as the hips are turning is kind of what we're looking to do. Gotcha. And I'm, I'm on your website right now, peabodybaseball.com. Do you come up with a lot of these drills on your own? Cause I see some of the stuff you're kind of just, you know, working in between lessons and, you know, finding new drills and things like that. Do you come up with these on your own or, um, do you look at you find them from someone someone else most of those most of the drills that i post i i come from me um obviously there's influence there behind you know everyone gets ideas and i get that um you know i don't i don't create content just for retweets um a lot of people a lot of people do it a lot of people do it um what do you Again, mean by that? What do you mean that. by that? Um, 
I mean, people will just go on, people will just see your drill and hitting instructors in particular. So they, so a lot of Twitter in particular is guys trying to become Twitter famous and guys have the ability to put on a persona that they understand the swing at a degree that they really don't understand the swing. But, and the reason they can, they can kind of act like they understand a lot about the swing is because you only have as of now, 280 characters to prove that you know how the swing works. And because people post videos of hitters, people assume that for some weird reason that they know the swing. Um, people think that they know my, my thoughts on how the swing works because I post a bunch of videos and they just think that be, that maybe they put a correlation between certain movements and they go, okay, well, this is, this is what he teaches. And I, I think it's, you know, I think it's just another way of proving that, like you said, people come up to their own conclusions, but a lot of people put it out there that, like you said, if you see a drill that I post, that's fine. And then they'll do it with their hitter and they'll post it and it becomes their drill, you know, and, and that's fine. I don't care. It's not about owning drills. I could care less, but you know, they'll put it on their Instagram or their Facebook and, you know, people think that, you know, they came up with that or whatever, or they actually do that drill. A lot of the, a lot of the videos that I see, I, I doubt that people even do consistently. They just do because like I said, they think that it's a cool drill. People will like it on Instagram and retweet it and they'll get more followers and kind of that high of, of people kind of approving that you're, that you know what you're talking about when maybe you do, maybe you don't. But um, I just feel like there's a lot of guys on Twitter that, are really busy on Twitter that um, probably aren't that busy on in, in real life because they wouldn't be tweeting as much as they were, if they were that busy. <laughs> How did you learn so much about the swing? Um, great question. Um, well, it started with being a really good uh, a really good player at some point, um, being really athletic and like able to to hit and not being able to hit, <laughs> you know, out of all the people that I've met kind of, it's not an, it's not a, um, you know, it's, it's not something I'm proud of, but it's, out of all the people I've met that like didn't play in the big leagues, like I'm probably one of the biggest, probably one of the, I'm probably like, dude, you really like, how did, how did you not play at least at a, at a higher level, nevertheless in the big leagues, right? There's no way I, I should have, been as bad as 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 kind of I was as a hitter um when I was older and to me that that was the motivation to be like let's let's figure out you know too little too late I guess but like let's figure out why I was that bad let's figure out why I wasn't able to make it and let's let's make sure that you know the next John Peabody you know makes it and then he doesn't have that problem um there are plenty of people that I reach out to, um, to, to learn about the swing, um, on a, on a mechanical standpoint, on a, on, like I said, on, on, on the way the body works, um, standpoint. Um, it's not a, you know, I, I spent a lot of time watching, watching, watching video. I spent a lot of time as, again, as a player listening to, listening to, to, to hitters talk about their swing. So, um, you know, it's definitely not one person that, that has, that has helped me. Um, um, a lot of that one person is me wanting to, 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 to really be the best coach I can be. And from that, 
like I said, finding a bunch of people that at the end of the day are way smarter than me, at least about one thing and me kind of picking those things from that person and taking some, taking some of those things that I, and, and taking some of those things from people that I really respect and going, you know what? I like that. I don't like that so much. You know, talking to another guy, I mean, like, I really like that. I don't like that so much and kind of making my own, my own judgments on it. But, but at the, like I said, surrounding myself around people that are highly educated in it and, you know, have done the things that I, you know, that I, Oh, at the end of the day, want to do, you know, I, 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 I want to be one of the best hitting coaches that there are. I want to be a guy that, 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 that a lot of professionals go to and, and, and get help from. Have I done some of those things? Yes. I've helped certain guys out. Have I done it to the, to the mass scale that I want to do it at? No. And that's, and that's another, and that's something that motivates me to, to keep doing more and to try to, like you said, help, help as many guys that I can't help out and, and, and let the, let the ball roll from there. So, um, again, motivated by just wanting to be the best, but surrounding myself by guys that are, I'll be the first person to say that are, that have done more, that have done what I want to do. You know, I want to be like, a, I want to be like certain guys and I surround myself, like you said, by those guys that I want to be around, be like to a certain extent. Yeah, obviously, obviously, you know what you're doing and, you know, you're really motivated about it. Would you ever consider um, coaching in professional baseball? Um, I've talked to call, I've talked to, I've talked to professional teams. Um, I really, my, the only, I, I have a son right now who is six years old. Um, and I want to, I want to be there for my son. Um, the, the most important thing for me is being a dad. Um, you know, that's what I signed up to do <laughs> and that's what I'm, I'm, I'm going to do. I'm going to do it the best way I know how. So, um, does that mean I can leave, you know, eight months out of the year to go be, a, a, a an A-ball coach, you know, in Iowa? No, that, that's not going to happen. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want that. Like I said, I want to be with my family. I want to be with my kids. Um, I want to be around that being said, I would love to help professional baseball teams out. I would love to consult with, with, with a handful of players, um, you know, I would, you know, traveling, you know, on a very small scale, you know, stuff like that is kind of, is kind of what my, my hopes are as far as the professional side. Um, you know, my goal is to not be, like I said, it's, it's not necessarily in the pro side of things, uh, working for an affiliated squad, you know, to, to the, to that scale of, of being a coach, like you said, as far as being a consultant and doing stuff like that on a small scale, that's really the only thing I want to do with pro baseball. Um, like I said, I want to be involved with professional with professional players on a, on a very high scale. Um, you know, just being on a private side of things, not not affiliated with 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 a professional team. That makes sense. What what goals do you have for yourself when it comes to like uh, maybe do you want your your own facility or do you want um, you know, you see what driveline's done with, with the data research and everything. Um, what, like what, what are your own dreams? That's a good question. Um, my dreams honestly are just to, to help as many kids as possible, you know, and whatever that means, whatever happens from that. And that's always, that's always been my goal. Um, you know, I'm not, I love data. I love information. I think it's very valuable. I'm, I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to, I'm not going to 
I'm not going to go crazy trying to figure out the data. Um, I think a lot of the data that, as far as the hitting stuff goes, you know, it's it's told to you when you hit a baseball. Um, and kind of, you know, I don't need much more data than that. Um, you know, the launch angle stuff, um, I think that stuff is, is awesome, and it's great to know what those things are, and it's great to kind of see how those numbers swing and what direction those things swing in. Um, so it's not necessarily to be the most data driven hitting coach that there is in the country as much as I think, you know, as much as I think data helps to a certain extent. Um, you know, it's, it's not to be a, prof- it's, it's, I, it's like I said, it's to make the big, it's to make a to make the biggest impact I can make on the guys that are around me or the guys that seek me out. Um, obviously so I want, I want people to seek me out because I want to work with the best hitters in the world. Um, like I said, how I go about doing that, I just keep doing what I do at the highest level I can do it at. You know, I'm fortunate enough to have certain guys that I work with that, like you said, hopefully they keep they they keep getting better and they keep doing they keep doing special things in the game. And someone else, someone someone sitting next to them on the bench wants to know, you know, you know, if they can where they can get a little bit more information on hitting, and that guy that guy gives them my name and my number. Um, you know, I don't. You know, I don't, I don't have, I don't, I don't go crazy with marketing. Um, Blast Motion has done a great job for me, kind of helping me market myself a little bit more and put me out there, which has been great. Um, you know, so maybe doing a little bit more private stuff as far as traveling um, and helping um, doing a little bit more team clinics, I think would be cool. Um, but like I said, my goal is to just, like I said, impact the guys that uh, that that are around me. To the, to the highest degree that I can, and um, if I do that, I think I think the higher level hitters will will keep coming my way, and uh, good things happen from there. Is there a certain facility that you're at? No, I have a little bit of a different approach to things. So in San Diego, it's not like a lot of places where, like, for you to have a hit tracks in San Diego, it's almost like the profit that you would almost make in your cage would go to that hit tracks. Right. So it's like, at some point you got to start picking and choosing, you know, how are you going to, you know, how are you going to make money, you know, being a, you know, being a cage owner in San Diego, because it is, it is, it is so expensive every month to be able to, to pay that, to pay that bill. Um, so for me, I go to three different locations in San Diego or two, two different locations, in San Diego, one in one, um, I started doing in uh, it's kind of northern San Diego, I guess, right outside San Diego. So I have one facility where I where I have about 20 spots open for kind of the greater area of San Diego. I have another location that's kind of for the for like the beach area and like northern, like the northern coast of San Diego. And then I have another area that I do um, once a week. That's like you said for kind of outside San Diego. So I'm kind of at three places at one time. Um, rather than being in one place for everybody. Um, again, my goal is to be as busy as possible, um, you know, to, to take the time, the, the, the little time that I do have, because like I said, I, I have things that I want to do with my family. So the, the four days, the five days that I work a week, I need to make sure that I'm as busy as I can be. Um, so me being at three, three different locations, four or five days a week helps me be as, helps me feel every slot that I have. So, um, 
that's a big part. That's a big part of it. Doing the online lessons is, is I guess, now you got me thinking about my goals, um, is something else that I kind of want to start to build up. Um, again, I want to do it right. I have a reputation for doing things right in San Diego. And if I start doing the online stuff, I want to make sure the price is right. I want to make sure that as far as for what um, my customers are getting, right? I want to make sure that whatever they're paying, they feel like they're getting they're getting out of it. Um, I want to make so so that's the next thing is is kind of getting the online stuff because I do have a rather large online presence. Um, being able to kind of train those people that are following me or listen to me um, is probably a smart thing for me to start uh, to start to do. So um, that's kind of the next thing in line. Are you a huge Padres fan being in San Diego? I'm not. I'm a Yankee fan. I'm, I left New York uh, in 96, so like grew up loving them. And then right when we moved out here, they started kind of making that run. Um, unfortunately, that's when the Padres were making kind of a run, too, and they were really good, you know, 96, 97, 98. Um, so I always I always stayed a Padre. I always stayed a Yankee fan. Um and yeah, my I have a like I said, I got a six year old now who's you know born in San Diego, raised in San Diego. So you know, you take him to ten Padre games a year, it's you know it's hard for him not to root for him. So um, we're we're all as long as his favorite team's the Yankees, we're cool. We're cool. Um, <laughs> my favorite team will always be the Yankees, so we don't have anything to worry about. What players um, do you like to watch across Major League Baseball the most? Are there certain hitters that you like watching more than others? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Miguel Cabrera is is one of those guys. I like watching. I like watching everybody because obviously, you know, you can get something from everybody. But I like watching. I like watching the older hitters kind of kind of work now. Um, I go and I go in different modes as a coach. Where, like like you just said, I'm, I like watching older hitters now. So I'm watching. I like I like watching older hitters and seeing them kind of work the process and seeing them you know, set pitchers up and, and, and kind of how they work at bats. Um, you know, obviously I love watching the young hitters like, like Chris Bryant and watching them just demolish baseballs and do certain things. So I, you know, guys like, you know, Mike Trout, um, fun to watch hit, um, especially when, you know, you know, you know, kind of inside information on them and you're kind of looking for them to do certain things and, you know, it's it's just fun to watch. So, what do you mean inside uh, information on them? Not even inside information, but just information that's probably just harder to find um, for that for 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 normal people than it would be for me because I know certain people in certain places where, you know, you you know, knowing Mike Trout's first swing, you know, first pitch swing percentage is just something that a lot of people don't think about, don't know. Um, but when you watch Mike Trout hit, if you know certain things like that, it's just, it's just something else to look for and be like, Oh, okay. He never swings at the first pitch and let's, you know, let's see what happens here. And it's just kind of something else just to kind of watch and kind of see how guys approach hitting to kind of look for. And it's just, it's more than just watching them. If he, you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of set up. So, um, just kind of thinking watching the game along those lines, um, you know, watching Spanish players versus American players as far as, you know, how often they're swinging or, or, and, and things like that, or something that, that runs through my mind and things like that. So I'm constantly looking at everything. Um, 
but yeah, looking at looking at certain things like that, like you said, as far as when certain guys are swinging and and what they're swinging at, what 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 part of the plate um, it's at, when guys are having success, where where the success is coming from, um, little things like that, where I like watching guys hit. So, like I said, the you know the the Miguel Cabreras of the world, the Joey Votto's, um, you know. Good hitters, I like watching good hitters, but those two in particular are some of my favorite to watch. Yeah, I'm in Cincinnati. I I'm a huge Joey Votto fan. I I think he's just he's got to be. If he's not the top hitter, he's number two behind Trout. Last question for you: If there's one hitter that you could say is going to have a breakout year, who's it going to be? Oof, that's a good question. Yeah, I keep saying, um, I keep I keep trying to tell guys how good uh, Greg Bird's going to be for the for the Yankees, but he keeps getting hurt. Um, I mean, that was kind of my guy where I'm looking, I'm looking for him to play a hundred. I was hoping he was going to play 150 games and, and hit and hit 35 home runs and show the kind of the Adrian Gonzalez, Ted Williams type swing that he has. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bird is kind of one of those guys I was looking to do some work. Um, I like this kid Margot out here in San Diego. To be honest, he's still young, but I like I like I like Margot out here. Um, yeah, no one, no one, no one, no one in particular really off my radar that I'm watching spring training and going, this guy's going to have a big year. Um, honestly, I hope all of those guys have good years. I hope I hope all these hitters that that work hard, that 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 do everything they can be to 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 be successful in in, in the league. I hope they find success um, because it's a lot of these guys really do bust their butt and the game is hard. Um, and like you said, it's, it's, you know, I don't, I don't, I want those guys to succeed. So, um, you know, it's Margot and Margot and uh, Margot, Margot's going to do some good things out here in San Diego though. Awesome. John, Really appreciate it. You've been really informative, and we, we appreciate you taking the time. We know how busy you are with, with lessons and your family and just everything in general, but I appreciate you taking the time today, and uh, it's, been, it's been a real pleasure. All right, brother. Well, thank you. Anytime.